Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. So today we are wrapping up a three-week series on money. Money mindsets for a happier life. And as a church, as Monica said last week, we can't avoid talking about money because it is an important issue in all of our lives. And we can't, as a church, stay silent on any topic because then we give license to our culture to define it for us. And we want the truth from God's word to impact every area of our lives. You know, we're probably all familiar with the phrase, money can't buy me. There you go. Yeah, we are. Okay, so I found these funny quotes because, you know, it's in songs, it's in movies, money can't buy me happiness, but these ones are kind of funny. But it can buy me chocolate, which is pretty much the same thing. This is Paula's quote, I think. (laughs) I don't think it's attributed to her, but Paula definitely loved the chocolate. Um, The next one, whoever said money can't buy me happiness simply didn't know where to go shopping. (laughs) Maybe you can relate to that one. Uh, Or this one, money can't buy me happiness, but I'd rather cry in a Ferrari. Maybe that's more your path to happiness. You know, it's ironic, such a well-known phrase, yet I think at certain times all of us can um, relate to the feeling of thinking that just a little bit more would help in the happiness department. Just a little bit more would sure help. You know, when I say happier life, when it comes to money, what comes to mind for you? Is it more chocolate? Is it a Ferrari? Is it another shopping trip? Or maybe it's just a good discount. Like, I sure love a good discount. I love finding ways to save money. I got this sweater for a dollar. Yeah, I love a good discount. I wasn't even shopping, I just found it. It's great. Um, So what defines happy for you? Is it security? Is it freedom? Is it feeling satisfied? Is it being able to be generous? What makes you happy in in the money department? I think this is actually a helpful conversation to have, especially if you have a family member who makes money decisions differently than you. They might have a different motivation. And so last week, Monica talked about some of the lies that culture tells us about money. And the last one that she said was YOLO. You know, our culture wrongly tells us that you only live once. And this world is our home. And this world is all there is. And so I kind of want to expand on that today. Because God's kingdom culture shapes our mindsets when it comes to money, how we view money. We want that biblical worldview to shape this area of our lives. And this is a big difference between Christ followers and the world around us, is we believe that this world and its systems and its structures will fade away, and there is an eternal kingdom, the kingdom of God that Mike was just talking about, that will last forever. And there is an eternal aspect of our finances that um, changes the way we live now. Uh, And 
you know, even as Mike talked about seed, I was thinking, you know, you invest seed, but it takes some time. And I believe there is an eternal harvest that comes from what we plant, what we invest in God's kingdom. I have a story to tell you. When I was a teenager, uh, my family went on a vacation to the shoe swaps, and we stayed in this beautiful cabin, uh, very simple, rustic, unplugged holiday, but it was up in the mountains. And, um, and we, uh, you know, it was actually a beautiful cabin, but it rained all week long. And if you've been to the shoe shops, you know that is, that is a risk you may need to take. But it rained all week long, and we were, like, I was a teenager, my I have three siblings, so we were all getting like um, cabin fever, very like stir crazy. And one morning, my mom woke up and she really felt a strong feeling from the Holy Spirit that we needed to get out of the cabin and go to town. And so they were like, spur of the moment, plan this trip to Kelowna. So we went for the day. Um, went to Kelowna and, you know, had a great day. But then on our way back home, we are like back to the cabin. Uh, the roads were closed near our uh, driveway. And so we, you know, the police said, you know, you're going to have to turn around and find a different place to stay tonight. And so they had to find a place for six of us to stay in a hotel. It's really funny because my brother actually slept in a bathtub. Um, that We got blankets and he slept in the bathtub. I don't know why. Maybe there just wasn't enough room on the floor, but that's what, like, very strong memories of this. Um, anyway, so the next morning, we got up, no toothbrushes, kind of like our teens in Red Deer. They weren't planning to sleep well first, so anyway. We relate. Anyway, so we woke up the next morning, went back, and the police led us through the closed roads we were able to get through, and our cabin had been completely destroyed by a rock slide that day. Um, and like completely destroyed. Our cabin was 90% full of boulders. And like it was, it was surreal. Like we saw my parents' mattress, not in the cabin, but outside the cabin wrapped around a tree. We found our suitcases f empty and filled with rocks. And it was absolutely uh, traumatic. Like we, if we would have been home, my family would have been killed. And so there was a cabin just down the road from us, and the couple that was staying there, the husband was actually in a wheelchair. And so they told us about what happened, because thankfully they survived. But they, they said it sounded like a freight train coming to their house, and they looked out the window and saw our cabin destroyed. Like, there was like one second notice. And, um, and because our cabin was up higher in the mountain, we got the rocks and the trees, and they said they were seeing like, trees end over end just billowing down the edge of the mountain and they tried to escape but he just wasn't even fast enough to so he got out the front door and then the the rocks like trapped him there and uh the soot and the yeah the sand like it just filled everything and so our area got the worst hit then the highway got taken out and down by the beach the houses just got the soot and the the rain um and there there was lots of destruction so anyway we got to see this we got to walk through the day after the day after we went back we were we found like i found my makeup and my toiletries in the lake along the beach like we found our stuff just strewn around the mountain um 
and it was it was very vivid to, uh, like vivid memories but we saw everything that we had brought everything that we valued enough to bring on a trip um, completely destroyed and all we had was an outfit that we were wearing and maybe you can relate you've lost some things uh, you it's kind of funny the things that you remember i remember one of the outfits that i lost and it's so silly like years later i still remember uh, but my my sister i remember my younger sister just crying and crying and crying like days inconsolable um, and my parents lost valuables. I think we figured out it was around $9,000 of what we had lost or needed to spend to like uh, replace things. And I know my parents like financially, they prioritized vacations, but they would have scraped it to make it even happen. And so um, anyway, I just remember many conversations thinking about things that we lost, you know, it would come up and my dad would just gently remind us, you know, everything we have is God's anyway. Everything we have is his. He's provided everything, and he will provide, and he will continue to provide for us. You know, we would, you know, come to mind, we lost a bunny. We had a bunny with us, and the bunny got killed in the rock slide. Um, you know, every time we thought about the things that we lost, you know, my dad would just gently remind us that God is our provider, that he sees, he cares about the things that we lost, but he cares for us. And he knows the pain that we're going through. He knows the hurts that we have, but it's just stuff and we can't take it into eternity with us anyway. There is a God who loves us and we can trust him. And you know, truthfully, God did provide. Actually, I think God used City Life. Uh, long ago, you guys gave us money to help replace things uh, that we had lost. And as a child, I know I was consumed by the temporary, the inconvenience, the pain, the loss that we experienced. But my father modeled a trust in God and, to rem and reminded us to focus on the eternal. This is a temporary pain, and God is faithful. This is a temporary pain, but God is going to provide for us. And um, I just think of Colossians 3, verse 1 and 2. It says, Since you have been raised to life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about things of heaven, not of the things of this earth. You know, maybe you can relate. And your temporary is uh, painful. Maybe there's loss or uncertainty or fear or pain. You know, so much of the temporary, it's an, it's an urgent phase, right? We think about the now. And I think even in this season of uh, culture, the temporary is relatively urgent. It is painful. There's maybe things that impact you, like infl inflation or um, high, higher than regular expenses. Maybe your investments are being impacted. Maybe you're seeing some... Um, repercussions from financial or financially from decisions that you've made you know they're so loud the temporary situations of our life call for our attention but I want to remind us in a season where the temporary might be trying to take our focus that there is an eternal reality that we can that can actually gr ground us that can bring peace to us in turmoil moments and I think this is a powerful perspective 
that will actually bring peace to this whole area of your finances. I want to tell you, you have a heavenly father who right now wants to remind you to focus on the eternal, that he loves you, that he's got you. He wants to reassure you and encourage you that there is more to your life than the temporary pain you might be feeling in whatever area of life that is. But I think that this can really restore purpose to an area of our finances and enable us to make a difference in the culture around us. You know, Jesus taught many stories and parables to explain God's kingdom reality to us. How we can live with an eternal focus. The kingdom of God is like. It was the, the way Jesus started many of his parables. And in Matthew 25, it's a parable of the three servants, or sometimes called the parable of the talents. And the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. And I'm just going to paraphrase some of this because it is a longer, uh, a longer parable. But this, this um, man going on a long trip called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. And so he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags to another, and one to the last, accord, each according to their ability. And so the ones that had the five and the two bags, they each went to work. They went uh, investing. They went, you know, doing whatever they did to put that money to work. And they were able to double it. But the person with one bag was afraid and dug, the ho dug a hole and buried what God had given or what the master had given to him. And after a long time, it says the master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. There was a settling of accounts, and the master was full of praise, saying, Well done, my good and faithful servant, to the two that had doubled what he had given them. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. But to the one who buried what God had given him, the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. You know, this parable, I think Jesus is giving us some insider information that we need to know about eternity. That there is a deposit that God has given each one of us. And I think the first thing, the insider information that Jesus wants us to know in, from this story, the first of all is that God owns everything. The master entrusted his money to the servants. It was his all along. It, even in the hands of the servant, it was the master's. And so this thought that God owns everything can change the way we view money. You know, we can think, I've earned this, I've worked for this, I've saved for this, but really none of it belongs to us in the first place. It's all his. It's ours to steward. And this isn't just talking about money, it's uh, talking about our abilities, our opportunities. Everything that we have is God's anyway. And God, the good God, expects a return on investment. He, respect, he expects that when he gives us his wealth, he invests in us. He expects a return. Stewardship matters to God. And this mindset is far more important than I think we realize because God is passionate for us to be like him. That he wants us to be generous like he is. He wants us to be givers like he is. And I think this is the primary reason why God asks us to honor him with the first. The first tenth, which is called the tithe. 
He asks us to, to acknowledge him. The tithe is really a declaration of God's ownership. God, you own any, everything anyway. Now I give it back to you. And in Leviticus, uh, where God is instructing his people on the tithe, he says, One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether the grain from the field or the fruit from the tree, it belongs to the Lord. So the tithe is really the Lord's. And it must be set apart to him as holy. And so when we tithe, we acknowledge that he is our source and it is actually a step of stewardship to honor him, to say, this is yours. You know, I've heard many times people say, you know, I look forward to being able to give someday when I have enough. Or I don't have enough now, but when we do, that's when we'll be able to be generous. You know, you may have one or you may have five, but I believe that God has given each of us something. And the, the thing about a percent is we all have a percent, whether it's a percent of a little or a percent of a lot. So this insider information that Jesus wants us to have is that God owns everything and that we will give an account. We will give an account with what God entrusted to us. In verse 19, it says, After a long time, the master returned to settle accounts with them. One time, uh, a long time ago, I had this dream of heaven. And it was kind of an odd dream. I don't think it's an accurate um, dream about heaven. But uh, it showed me something that maybe will make sense to you. So I was touring around heaven. I was with uh, somebody. I don't even know who it was. But they were kind of showing me around, introducing me to people, showing me the things that, you know, heaven needed me to know. This is where you get the food. I don't know. It was really strange. <laughs> but um, then I see this, like, this building, and it has this machine in it. And I'm like, okay, hey, what is that machine? And they were like, oh, that's heaven's ATM. Yeah, like I said, I don't think this is an accurate dream, but it is a picture. <laughs> this is Heaven's ATM, and you get, that's actually the next step along your tour, is you get to go log in and see what you've invested that you now get to use in Heaven. And I was like, invested? Like, what do you mean? And they were like, well, every time you gave, it's deposited. Every time you invested in God's kingdom, anytime you invested in people, anything you invested on earth, you get to now see what you contributed to in heaven. And I was like so excited. So I went and like logged in and then I woke up. It's like the worst time to wake up. I didn't get to see the amount. Come on. Worst time to wake up. I don't know about you how often you log into your bank to just like check that the money's still there or you know to make sure that a, a payment didn't bounce or you know you check in on your bank to make sure your money's still there um but we so we can't actually check our heavenly account and this is an imperfect illustration I do get that but I do believe we have an, a, an eternal account that what we do on this earth makes an impact in eternity. And someday there will be a settling of accounts where God will say, look what your life contributed to. Look at the impact you made. Look at what you were able to uh, impact. And I think sometimes we can see glimpses of that 
uh, like right now, but for the most part, it's a faith statement. It's a tr- an active trust that what we are doing right now is impacting eternity. But uh, in Revelation twenty two twelve, it says, Jesus said, look, I am coming soon and I am bringing a reward with me to repay all people according to their deeds. You know, one day there will be a settling of an account and God does expect a return from what he's entrusted with, uh, entrusted to you. So God owns everything and we will give an account. So what do we do with that information? I want to encourage us to see ourselves as kingdom investors rather than just earthly spenders. You know, there is definitely things we need to spend money on on earth. Absolutely. There is nothing wrong with that. You need to fill your fridge. You need to feed your family. You need to pay your electrical bill. You know, there are things that we need to spend money on. But there is also an eternity And we can't overlook that fact. And we can expect that when we are kingdom investors, that there will be an eternal impact in the lives of others and an eternal reward that we will see someday. You know, we can be earthly spenders or kingdom investors. We can spend time or we can invest time. We can spend money or we can invest money. We can spend time on Netflix or we could mentor somebody. You know, there is a difference in the outcome that will come from that. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with watching Netflix, but you don't expect a return on investment in there. But if you are mentoring somebody, spending that time, it's not just a spent time that goes nowhere. It's an invested time that can make an impact. And so we, it's just another way we view it. You know, I think even as parents, we can spend energy trying to control our kids, or we can invest time on our knees praying that God uh, changes them, that they have an encounter with Jesus. I think of the parents that invested money to send their kids to HCY this weekend. You did not just spend money for them to have fun. I firmly believe you invested something into their eternal relationship with Jesus, and you can expect to see a return on that investment. You know, we can spend money on things, or we can invest maybe in the needs of others and see God provide for them. You know, one day in eternity, we will see the true value of what we spent our life accumulating. We were having uh, dinner with friends the other day, and we were talking about foreign currency, and they brought out some euros that they had in their drawer, and I thought this too. I went home, and I was like, I have, okay, I actually wanted to bring it, but I forgot them. I had a $5 pound. I had 5,000 Rwandan francs, which is like $5. (laughs) And I had 20 Vietnam dollars, and I've never even been to Vietnam, and I have no idea where it came from. (laughs) But you might have money in your drawer as well. Like, from a trip, maybe you overestimated how much foreign currency you would need, and then you just have it, like, sitting in a drawer for the next time you get to go there. Maybe you can relate. How often do we accumulate things in our earthly world that will be completely worthless in heaven? It's like taking foreign currency home. It's literally worthless. I cannot take my 20 Vietnam dollars, I don't even know what that equals, and go to the store and buy anything with it, right? It is completely worthless to me. It did have value at one point and in one place. But what we invest on earth 
will be, or some of the things that we spend money on earth, sorry, will be completely worthless in eternity. And like the verse that has been mentioned a couple times in this series, Matthew 6, 19, Jesus encourages us not to store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven. You know, when we see ourselves as spiritual investors, it changes us. And it impacts the eternity of others. And it impacts our eternal reward. I believe that nothing I have ever invested in God's kingdom is ever wasted. You know, as a youth leader, I, I was actually Melissa Blackwood's youth leader for a while. Um, and I invested in her. I invested my time. I invested my care. I loved her. Uh, I still love her. Let me. <laughs> I love Melissa. But I invested in her, and now I'm seeing how she is pouring into my daughter and investing in her. And so I can see a small glimpse of how an investment makes a difference. But truthfully, I will never know the impact that that makes. And you know, some things we invest in, it doesn't go well. <laughs> but keep investing in God's kingdom because you never know. Maybe you've invested in this building. Part of your eternal reward is the lives that are impacted here absolutely believe that there is an eternal impact in eternity because of you. And there is also an heaven, a heavenly account, a heavenly account with an impact that you might not know till we step into eternity. There is a gift that God has given to us, and it can be a gift that gets spent and used, or it can be a gift that keeps on giving, that keeps on impacting, that keeps on investing. And I want to remind us right now in a very, in a very temporary, painful moment that there is an eternal reality that needs to be our focus. And I'll say that even for myself. I think this, like, season has been distracting me from the eternal. And I needed this reminder that what we are doing now does make an impact. And we can't see it. But we can trust that there is a God in heaven who sees everything that we do to impact the lives of others. And he is the God who cares and he is the God who rewards and, you know, um, absolutely, we are saved by grace, by faith in Jesus. This is not about earning or paying your way into heaven. Please do not hear that at all. But there is an eternal reward for those of us who put our faith in Jesus and who have spent our lives investing in his kingdom. Now, I do want to take a minute and encourage you, if you don't tithe, Start. <laughs> Start somewhere. It is a declaration of God's ownership. And carrying the weight of everything on your own, that is a burden God doesn't want you to carry. He wants to partner with you. And I've seen God's faithfulness in such incredible ways when I tithe. When I tithe even when it doesn't make sense. And I, I mean, we tithe and we steward. I mean, we make decisions, we make budgets, we plan, we invest, we still save for the future. But there is, um, there is an eternal component when we tithe. And I just want to say, if that needs to start in your life, maybe like 10% is a big step to take. Start somewhere. Start with 1%. 
Start with what you can do. And I look forward to the day when we get to hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. You know, as I mentioned already, but the most extravagant investment that God ever made was when he demonstrated his love and showed his abundant generosity in sending Jesus, in sending his son to give his life to defeat the... Um, the powers of darkness and so he could be raised to life so that he could give us his eternal life. And so when we put our hope and faith in Jesus and what he has done, we are completely forgiven. It is his grace and his forgiveness that we receive in exchange for our mistakes and our trust in him. There is a fulfillment and a security that comes in putting your faith and your trust in Jesus that a bank account could never give you, that our savings or our job could never offer. But more than just security, I believe God wants to give us his abundance, his abundant life, his abundant love, the purpose that he's placed on our lives to bring us into his story, to help us to see the impact of what we invest our lives in. He gives us a part to play. It's not just, okay, you're saved and now wait for heaven. There is a part to play that each one of us has as part of his story that we are invited into And we are his representatives on earth and he wants us to be a conduit of his blessing to impact eternity and to to see others, to get to know that good news as well. And in a moment, we're gonna pray together. There's a prayer of saying yes to Jesus. Would you stand with me? This prayer of saying yes to Jesus. If you have never prayed a prayer like this, I wanna invite you to pray with with me today, with us, we all pray together um, because there is an acknowledging that we, we aren't enough to save ourselves, that we need his life and his power to, to change us. And so we're going to pray and we're going to acknowledge his lordship, his rule his reign and bring ourselves into a place of yielding and saying yes of saying okay God I don't see all the picture pieces here but I trust that you are a good and faithful God you are a God who sees you are a God who provides you are a God who loves and so I just want to invite you to pray this prayer with me with all of us say father God I thank you that you have created me You've created me to be a part of your story. And you've invited me by the power of what Jesus has done. And I say yes to your new creation life, to your abundant love. And I say yes to your invitation to trust you. And I declare that I am free, that my sins are forgiven, and that you have a new start for me today. In Jesus' name, amen.
And I just want to pray one more prayer, sorry. Just for anybody, you know, as I speak about money, I know that there's need. I know that there's lack. And God knows too. And I just want to pray. Um, Father, I thank you, God, that you see every area of fear, every area of lack, every area of uncertainty. And Lord, I thank you that you are our provider, that you love your children, and that you have prepared a way. And Lord, that I just pray, God, that you would give answers, that you would give creativity. Lord, we thank you for your abilities that you've given us. I pray that you would give us direction of where we can put our hands to work and what we can do. Lord, we just trust that you provide for every need. And we just speak your truth, your just even that eternal perspective would bring an absolute peace in this area of finance to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.